is good. I said, God is good. Praise the Lord. Well, glory to God. We're going to go to the book of Matthew. How many have been reading? All right. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We haven't got to this one. This is where you get to tomorrow. So I'm going to be ahead of you here. Hallelujah. Matthew 5. We're going to go with verse 1. Now, I'm not guaranteeing that uh, every week we're going to have something out of your reading for the week. But this, somehow this one, it worked out. Praise the Lord. But uh, anyway, praise the Lord. Matthew 5 and verse 1. I'm going to read through a little bit. And then, uh, now, and seeing the multitude, what, what has just happened here, um, they've been bringing people from all directions, um, those that have been sick or afflicted or, you know, different diseases. Some people even uh, demon-possessed, and, and he'd been ministering to them and uh, healing and bringing deliverance uh, of all types. And people just coming from every direction, you know, because they're hearing a lot about him. And so, as you know, you think, you know, people are going to, you know, people have a need, so they're going to bring them, uh, hopefully, to, to get that need met, praise the Lord. Amen. And so, he's seen a great multitude at this time, and so it says he went up on a mountain, uh, obviously right there, you know, and when he uh, was seated, his disciples came to him, all right? So now, I don't know, uh, you know, maybe the implication is, um, you know, it's just the disciples around him, but... Um, I don't know. We do know that the people are all over the place. Um, uh, we see a lot of, lot of the Scripture, you know, coming on several chapters down the road here where people are sitting, you know, by the, by the thousands or sitting around listening to Him minister. And uh, so the implication maybe is just that right now it's the disciples with Him, but it may be everybody there and just the disciples are sitting closer to Him, I guess. But the point is, is He's getting ready to minister some things, say some things. And so verse 2, please, put that up. And he opened his mouth and he taught. Amen. He opened his mouth and taught them. Okay. Uh, you know, so it wasn't just a matter of laying hands on everybody. Uh, he's also taking time here to stop and say some things. Doesn't sound like very deep, but sometimes I think we lose sight of the fact that sometimes, you know, there needs to be something said. Let's try that again. Sometimes there needs to be some things said, right? And it's, the word says, and he taught them. Now, I, you know, just for whatever it's worth, I look up this word taught, and of course it means to teach in a broad sense, you know, in other words, doing what it takes to, to minister, but to teach in a broad sense, and it says, in a prolonged way in order to help cause others to learn. In a prolonged way. So not just in a broad sense, teaching in a broad sense, but also in a prolonged way way. And I looked up that word prolonged, and it does mean lengthy. Not that every lengthy sermon is necessarily of God. Come on, somebody. But God's not opposed to lengthy sermons. Come on. And it also means continued, lengthy and continued. So in other words, he's into once in a while saying whatever's got to be said, no matter how long it takes. Come on, somebody. And if he has to repeat himself, he'll do it. Are you still with me? And so, you know, just have to, you know, uh, you know, I think it's just worthy of making note. He's getting ready to go into what we would a lot of times refer to as the Beatitudes. And uh, the, 
The word beatitudes, uh, uh, the word is defined as the blessedness or um, you know, declarations of blessedness um, or qualities of blessedness or uh, ingredients to blessedness. Uh, you know, uh, one, one gentleman, he called it the be happy attitudes. I think that's okay too, right? Amen. So he's, he's going to take some time and walk him through some things because this is necessary. If you're going to live a blessed life, these are some things that got to be, got to be working in you. Now, um, Wednesday night, um, we had our year end and kind of, you know, our uh, proclaiming of what's going to happen for the, you know, projected year, you know, what's going to be projected for the next year here. And, and um, uh, one of the things that we brought out was that this is going to be a year of empowerment for us. And the reason it's a year of empowerment is because we're going to position ourselves to be empowered. Are you still with me? You know, growth and development, that's all part of that. And so today, I want you to kind of keep some of that in mind um, as we're talking this and sharing this today uh, about being empowered, what it means, amen, to be empowered. In fact, I'm going to call it the spirit of empowerment. Now, when I'm talking about the spirit, I'm not talking about Holy Spirit. I'm talking about uh, what what would be moving and working within an individual to drive them or compel them forward. It'd be like using uh, the phrase um, team spirit. Okay, he's not really referring to the Holy Ghost. He's just talking about what drives those individuals, what drives that individual, praise God, amen, to be about team and not about themselves. Come on, somebody, right? Well, this is we're talking about is a spirit of empowerment. What is it that's within you, compelling you, driving you, moving you forward, amen, Hallelujah, to, to be empowered so you can be all that you're called to be, so you can do all you're called to do, amen, receive all you're called to receive. Come on, somebody. In other words, amen, walk in who you're supposed to be. Can I hear anybody in agreement with that today? All right, so let's take a look at that. Verse uh, 3, it says, here we go now, blessed, everybody say blessed. Now this word blessed uh, means supremely blessed, supremely fortunate, well-off, or even happy. I guess he wants you to be happy. I said, I guess he wants you to be happy. Yeah. Amen. So uh, even though happy uh, is an emotion, uh, and it's based on a happening, uh, but he would rather you be happy than not. So look at your neighbor and say, let's be happy, okay? Praise the Lord. Do I have any happy people in the house today? So blessed, amen, happy, amen. It also means empowered to prosper or empowered to succeed, this word blessed, amen. So when you see that word, both Old Covenant and New Covenant, you understand that there's an empowerment. So when he says, blessed are you, amen, you've been empowered to succeed or empowered to prosper, all right, in whatever endeavor we're dealing with. So blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
And he goes on, explains it. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you. Say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. Now remember, we didn't change the subject. Okay? You're the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor or its purpose, how shall it be seasoned? Or in other words, how, how will it be used? If it's, if, it, if it's lost its purpose, how can it be used? What, what it's really, what's, it really, what's it good for then? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Amen. So, you know, he's talking about our lives. We're the salt. Now, we're not, we're not just called to be ground sterilizers. You know, because old salt, you dump it on the ground, it'll sterilize the ground. But you're not called to sterilize the ground everywhere you go. We're called to season it, make a difference, praise God, right? He goes on, you are the light of the world. Amen. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. In other words, you got purpose. You're called to be a light, and it should be seen, right? Huh? Right? But a lamp, but it should be put on a lampstand, and it gives light to all. Everybody say to all. To all who are in the house, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, what's going to happen when your light is shining, when you're doing what you're called to do, amen, not only are they seeing something, but they are also giving God glory because of what they're seeing. Are we okay with that? So let's go back because, you know, a lot of times we'll take those few verses there and, and preach on some things. But let's go back uh, to the beginning here. What is he talking about in these things called, uh, we call sometimes the Beatitudes? Verse 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit. It's not talking about being poor in your pocketbook. Come on now. Talking about being poor in spirit, talking about a humble spirit. That's what the word, in fact, most of your translations will use the word humble there or humility. Amen. Blessed are the humble. Hallelujah. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The word here uh, means humble or yielded, submitted. In fact, one translation, I think it's the New Living, says it this way uh, those who realize their need for him. I thought that's pretty good. That kind of says it. Okay, so when he's talking about blessed are the poor in spirit, it's people that, that have yielded and submitted themselves. They've humbled themselves. Amen. They're saying, Lord, I need you. Well, another translation, I think it's the message, says that uh, this works when it's less of you and more of him. Come on, right? So that's what he's referring to. He's talking about being poor in spirit. Amen. Where you're willing to say, Lord, I'm willing to take a back seat and let you have the front seat. Praise God. Amen. In my life. Amen. So blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs... In other words, for these that are, are this people, this, this people here, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom. The word kingdom here means rule, reign, or realm. So if you kind of look at this, it says, for theirs is the, the rule or reign or the realm of heaven. In other words, all of heaven's resources have been readily available unto you. To who? Well, in context, talking to those that are willing to humble themselves. Are you hearing me? Now, last week we talked about, uh, you know, the kingdom, 
uh, of heaven. We talked about how, if you remember those that were here, talked about all of heaven's resources are made readily available unto you because, come on, because Jesus paid a price. Amen. Everything He did, hallelujah, come on, the price paid, the redemptive work of Christ was so that you could have all of heaven's resources. They've all been readily made available unto you. So Jesus paid a price, amen, so you could have that. The reason Jesus paid a price is because of the Father's love for all mankind. Hallelujah. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Why? Well, so He could pay a price. So that all of heaven's resources, hallelujah, are made readily available unto you and me. And we talked about last week. That the thing, or at least the thing that we talked about last week, the thing that could get in the way is you just not believing it. That even though all of that's made available, we can go along in life and never believe a word of it and never experience what's rightfully ours. Now here he's talking about the kingdom of heaven, and he says those that are poor in spirit, they're, they're blessed, they're empowered to prosper because they've submitted themselves to Him. They've yielded themselves to Him. They're saying, Lord, lead me, guide me, direct me, be my God, be my Lord, praise God. Come on now. Uh, there's a lot of people uh, who, um, you know, maybe they're not going to word it this way, but in all honesty, it kind of comes down to this. There's a lot of people that have accepted Him as Savior and have not accepted Him as Lord. And it's just, maybe it's a, you might think it's just a play on words, but in all honesty, there's a lot of truth to it. Uh, we, we accept the fact that, we're, uh, that we've been forgiven of our sins, and one day we get to go to heaven and praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God for that promise. Amen. But how many know He also wants to be the Lord of your life, to lead you and guide you? And a person that's willing to do that, amen, hallelujah, has all of those resources made available and literally... They're blessed. They're empowered when this is going on. Now remember, this is something working on the inside. Are you still with me? Okay. And I'm going to repeat that quite often here. All right. So verse number uh, four. Blessed or empowered to prosper or succeed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. So what does that mean? Okay. Well, this word mourn... Uh, means to, to grieve or to feel sorrow, but it's not referring to, uh, you know, feeling sorrow or grief because you lost something. Okay? Because in context of everything being said, it's all about something working on the inside. Now, hang on. Okay? Before you shut me off. Okay? For they shall be comforted. Let me show you now. The word comforted here means to call near, literally means to have an invite or to invoke, exhort, or console, okay? Now, back up here, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall, amen, be called unto Him, okay? And then whatever it is that you need, you'll have. So the mourn here, to, be, to, to, uh, to mourn, to grieve, to, to be sorrow, he's talking more about repentance, we're talking about something working on an individual, okay? The Word warns us about grief, letting grief itself control your life because it'll kill you. 
Put uh, 2 Corinthians, uh, I see it's verse, uh, chapter 7, is that right? Verse 10, thank you. He kind of defines it here a little bit, Paul does. He says, for godly sorrow produces repentance, but it leads to something. So the word repentance means a change, okay, Leading leading to salvation. So godly sorrow, amen, produces repentance. So in other words, he's talking about something working in an individual back there in in Matthew. He's dealing with the fact that you on the inside got some conviction. That when you cross lines and do things, that godly sorrow should rise up and say, what am I doing? I know better than this. And so it produces something, amen, called repentance or a change. Literally, the word repent means to stop, turn, and go the other way. Godly sorrow leads to salvation, not to be regretted. But the sorrow of the world produces death. So we're not talking about worldly sorrow here or grief or mourning. We're talking about something that will produce a change, come on, that leads you towards something. Salvation, that word there, soteria, not just talking about a new birth. Amen. Soteria means a total deliverance, health, wholeness, preservation, protection. All of that's wrapped up in that word soteria, salvation. So now go back to uh, Matthew 5, please. Put that verse back up. Is it verse 4 again or was it 5? What are we at? 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who are willing to say, you know what, I know better than this. Make a change, and when that happens, amen, you're moving unto him, he's moving unto you. There's a calling, a bidding, praise God. Why? To take you higher, amen. Blessed are those. Empowered to prosper are those. If it was just based on worldly sorrow, worldly grief, come on, somebody. You'd see a whole lot more blessed. Come on, somebody out there. But I've seen nothing but worldly sorrow kill people, destroy lives. Now, we're not making light of anybody's sorrow or mourning. We're just saying what he's talking about here is things that's right now an empowerment within an individual that causes them to be blessed or empowered to prosper or succeed. To succeed in life. It's going to have to have a thing on the inside that when you cross a line, do something, say something that you know better, there should be something on the inside that goes, whoa, breaks, hold it. What have I done? I know better than this. I shouldn't be talking this way. I shouldn't be acting this way. I shouldn't be, you know, I shouldn't be, uh, you know, in this conversation here. I shouldn't, be, I shouldn't be caught up in this. Come on. And see what it is. It's an empowerment. Come on. It's an empowerment. It positions you for something. Most people, don't, they blow that off. They blow it off. So there's never any change. So there's never then no answers. Because when you really look at that word comforted, it's dealing with getting answers, getting solutions. Getting things that, uh, you know, that'll answer what's going on. And 
A lot of people just go on and do the same thing, talk like everybody, act like everybody. And as a result of it, nothing ever changes. <clears throat> Aren't you glad we're growing up? Yeah. That was about 50% of you there. Aren't you glad we're all growing up? Yeah. Huh? So we can walk in our empowerment, praise God. Let's look at another one here. Amen, because that one didn't seem to go over real good. How about this one? Blessed, verse 5, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. What does that mean? Well, the word meek, when you look it up in a concordance, it says the words mild. Uh, it even uses the word humble again. But it means unassuming or unpretentious. In other words, somebody that's not a know-it-all. I said somebody that's not a know-it-all. Numbers 12, um, verse 3, Moses, uh, the, I think the old King James actually uses the word meek. Um, I think the new King James might use the word humble. Is that right? Yeah. Now the man Moses, this is, by the way, Moses writing this. Now the man Moses was very humble, more than all men who were on the face of the earth. Now don't you think that if somebody's going to tell everybody he's the most humble, probably isn't. It's just a thought. Amen. Now, the reason I bring it up is because he was a humble man. He was a meek man. Amen. So a lot of times we think of, of this as, you know, uh, you know, a little different, but the word meek itself, okay, it actually means when you break it down, it means teachable. So, amen. I'll go back to Matthew 5 again. And blessed are the meek, amen, those that are teachable. Come on now, you can't, you can't take this. All talk about things. If you want some empowerment, you got to be teachable. Right. See, a lot of people ain't teachable. They know it all. You got to be teachable. You know, if you're teachable, then the word says they shall inherit the earth. Now, the word earth means land, um, region. It even refers to a, a people group, in a sense. Talk about peoples. Of the, of the earth, you know, they shall inherit it. What we're talking about is you, amen, it'll come unto you. Things are going to start coming to you. Amen. Um, put uh, Mark 4, uh, verse 23, put that up there, and we're going to read a few verses of this. It says, if anyone has an ear to hear, let him hear. Okay, right? Verse 24, please. And then he said to them, take heed what you hear. Come on, now he's talking about being teachable here. With, with, with the same measure you use, it'll be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. Come on, verse 25. But whoever has, in other words, has ears to hear. And, and really we could say it this way. Who's ever teachable? To him, more will be given. But whoever does not have ears to hear or is not teachable, even what he has will be taken away from him. Now listen, we're not, that's, that's exactly what it's talking about. So now back to Matthew 5 again. So the meek, blessed are the meek, amen, blessed are those that are teachable. What happens? You'll have increase. Things will come to you. We're talking about blessed, empowered. We're talking about a spirit of empowerment, amen, that that's going to have to be an ingredient 
amen, that's going to have to be a qualification. Come on, somebody, is we're going to have to be teachable. About the time we think we know it all, it's just a sure sign you don't. How I many know that's the truth? Or at least should know that's the truth, right? Come on, well, ain't none of us arrived yet. We're all growing. Amen. Now, hopefully we've learned a few things, and hopefully we'll keep learning some things. Come on. But if we lose that teachable, that meek spirit, come on, then we've, now we've, done, we've shut down uh, the, the receiving of all things, the increase of things, the empowering to prosper, empowering to succeed. We've shut it down because we choose not to be teachable. Are you hearing me? Are you glad you came out on a Sunday morning? I'm glad you came out. Give me verse 6 now. Let's look at another one here. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed or empowered to succeed or prosper are those who hunger. Literally means to crave, okay, and to thirst for rightness or righteousness or doing it right, doing it the God way. We could say it that way. In fact, I think one of the translations even says that. I don't know if I wrote it down or not, but I uh, uh, believe it is. It must be the message or something like that or something, I think. Or, but uh, anyway, it talks about, uh, you know, they choose to do it the God way. Amen. And they shall be increased. All right. For they shall be filled. All right. The word filled. Let's define the word filled. Are you still with me? It means to be abundantly satisfied. The Passion Translation says you'll be surrounded with fruitfulness. In other words, everywhere you go, you're going to bear fruit. Okay, so those that crave, those that thirst. How many know that's, that's inside here? Not everybody craves and thirsts for righteousness. A lot of people, I'm talking about Christians. I ain't talking about the world. I'm talking about the Christians now. Come on, because this is all talking to you and me now. So um, not everybody craves and thirsts for, for doing it right. Some people don't care if it, whether they do it right or not, just as long as they get through the day. And Come on, somebody. Come on. I know it's none of you. I know that. Just you know, smile real big at me and amuse me here. I know it's none of you. I know it's none of you. It's those other people. Now, I'm just saying, see, well, a lot of times, see, it's, it, it's, a, it's, it's something, it's an ingredient that's on the inside of some, amen, a, it's a spirit, hallelujah, of empowerment when you crave to do it the God way. Amen. If we're going to do it, let's do it His way. If we're going to do it, let's do it right. Come on. And there, there's, a, there's an empowerment, amen, to those who are willing to do what's right, those that crave it and thirst for it, praise God. And it says they shall be abundantly satisfied or abundantly filled. And again, the Passion Translation says that you will be surrounded with fruitfulness. I like that. Surrounded with fruitfulness. Maybe there's a reason some things ain't bearing fruit in our lives. Come on now, listen, we're not condemning anybody. We're just saying, remember, if we're talking about, you know, a year of empowerment, a year of stepping it up, then we have to be willing, because we're teachable, and because we have a, you know, we have a yielded spirit. Come on, somebody. Come on, right? And, you know, because of that, amen, we're, we're going after what's right. 
we're going to do it. Let's do it right. Amen. And when you do that, hallelujah, there's results, praise God. All of a sudden, now you're surrounded with things that are working right. Amen. Fruitful. Abundantly satisfied. Amen. Hallelujah. There you go. Let's try another one. Verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. So empowered to prosper or succeed are the merciful. The word merciful, again, means compassionate. Get this. It means um, not just compassionate, but actively compassionate. You know what I'm saying? So, so what happens is, you know, we're talking about you're going to be merciful to others. Amen. You're going to be compassionate toward others. Come on now. And actively. In other words, it ain't just some words coming out your mouth. Bless their darling heart. And then just walk off. Come on. Bless their darling heart and then just ignore them. Come on, we're talking about something actively being done here. The person that is actively compassionate is empowered to succeed and prosper. And it says, here's a promise to it, and they shall obtain mercy. Now, I'm grateful for mercy. Being a pastor of a lot of years now, and I praise the Lord for, for the mercy of people. Sometimes you get up here and do something, say something, and... You know, or you wish you could have said it, you know, go back and go, oh, I wish I would have did that a little different or said that a little different or come on, going along, haven't done everything right, haven't done everything, you know, uh, perfect by any means. Uh, I've had a lot of shortcomings here and there and things that I've, you know, now I live clean. Don't go out here singing, you know, what's he doing? I live clean, but I'm just saying that sometimes we don't always say it right. Sometimes things fall through the cracks. Sometimes uh, we forget this, or sometimes uh, we overlook this, and sometimes we say it a little bit off, or, you know, we didn't mean it that way, but it kind of came out that way. And, and then, so I appreciate that you keep coming back. That's the mercy of God. And you actively show me mercy. Some of you even greet me on the way out the door saying, good word, Pastor. <laughs> even though inside you're thinking, do it different next time. Thank you. I don't know. But I enjoy mercy, so I like obtaining mercy. So I found, amen, that in order for me to obtain mercy, it means that i got to kind of be merciful. Hello, somebody. i got to be willing to be merciful. But also, what I get out of it is an empowerment. Amen. Learning how to be merciful empowers me. It's a fact. I mean, we're gonna, I'm kind of moving along here, but in, in the end, I'm going to wrap some of this up. But what is it what is in, that empower? What's it positioning you for? I mean, there's, because sometimes, you know, just being merciful, you'd be amazed at what you start finding out. But just to be critical and judgmental, you've shut down some things, and all of a sudden, the door's shut for some things. Come on, somebody. Not only have you shut down the empowerment to succeed and be blessed, but why is that? Because it's about people. And there are certain things that you shut down. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's keep going. So how many want to obtain mercy? 
Look at your neighbor and say, it's good to be merciful. Praise the Lord. Give me verse 8. Let's keep going here. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Okay, now remember, all of these things are things working on the inside of an individual that allows them to be empowered, okay? So pure in heart means clean, literally means nothing hidden, no facade. So a pure heart, okay? Now if you have a pure heart, I love uh, how the passion brings this out. It says, then your eyes will be open to see more and more of God. And that's really what it's talking about. You ever notice that the pure in heart always see God everywhere? I mean, they can talk about, man, the Lord did this. It was so amazing. And we're all sitting there like, what? But the pure in heart, the clean in heart, they have no facade, no hidden agendas. They're just, they're just clean in heart. And then when they do, it seems like God shows them things and, and they see things and they'll see God moving over here doing this and God doing this. And we're over here kind of all mumbling, grumbling, griping and complaining. Man, nothing ever seems to ever happen. I don't know. But the pure in heart, come on, somebody. They're empowered. Amen. That's why it's so good, you know, when, uh, when David said, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit in me. That's one of those things uh, that I pray on a regular basis. Create me a clean heart. I want a clean heart. I want a right. I want a pure heart. I don't want to be, you know, have to, I don't like it when I have to walk into a situation and all I ever see is the bad things. <sighs> How annoying. Somebody says, well, well, then don't look. No, no. When, see, when things are, when, when that's what's happening on the inside, amen, then that's, that's what you see. So if you got, if you got a pure heart, that's, you're seeing all things as pure. You have a tendency to, to just love people and just, come on, just see the good and see what God's doing. and Come on, somebody. That don't mean that you still can't deal with things and make those adjustments. And, and sometimes even a word of rebuke might even have to come out. But a pure in heart at least is going to see more of God moving around. Praise God. Is anybody hearing me today? Sometimes I think the only reason I'm the preacher is because I have, a, I have an ability to see the good, even in the junk. And I'm talking about you. I'm talking about situations, okay? You, really? I'm, right? I'm talking about situations. So somebody comes in, this is all going on, this is all, this is all happening. It's like, well, you know, I see that. But, you know, look what else is happening. Look what's happening behind the scenes. Look what's, what's going on in this individual over here. Look what's happening in this situation. Look how God's moved in this. See how God's doing this? Even though this whole thing here could be an ugly situation, God still did this. God still moved here. Amen. And it has a tendency, tendency to bring down some of the, the walls, bring down some of the defenses, bring down some of, the, uh, some of the problems, and make them not look quite so big anymore. Are you hearing me? But it comes, amen, you're going to have to, have pure, pureness of heart, clean heart. Come on, somebody. No hidden agenda. I said no hidden agenda. Some people just got nothing but agendas. Come on. Now, I'm not talking about your work schedule agenda. I'm talking about personal agendas on the inside where you've always got your own thing. And, yeah, and sometimes what happens, it, it can turn into manipulation and maneuvering. And come on, somebody. And that's just disgusting. <clears throat> 
Y'all here? All right. Now, we're talking about things working on the inside. Give me verse 9 now. Okay. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Okay, let's define this. Now, peacemakers, um, the word uh, here means subjectively peaceable. That means you're going to do what you can to bring peace into a situation. Come on, somebody. Because there's some situations out there that if, if it was to be left alone, they don't want peace anywhere. And I'm not talking about nation. I'm talking about just even around the home, around the house, around the workplace, around whatever you're, you're just blessed or empowered are those willing to do whatever it takes to try to bring peace into a situation. Again, subjectively, it says, subjectively peaceable. All right? The message translation says this. They're, they're, wanting, they're wanting to cooperate instead of compete or fight. Somebody that's willing to try to say, you know what, let's see, what, what can we do here to make this better? Is anybody hearing me? Now, that's got to be working on the inside. Now, listen, again, we're not taking away from some tough situations that are going on. That sometimes you have to put your foot down and say, enough's enough. And I get that. But subjectively, peaceable. In other words, this would be a good time right here to just bring peace. Instead of prolonging the fight, come on, or prolonging the problem, come on now. This would be a good, this is just a good thing, amen, that everything in you, at least everything in you, would first want peace. Right. You know, years ago, um, a fellow pastor made a comment, he said that, uh, he said, love sometimes gives up its right to be right. That always stuck with me. Sometimes just walking in love, sometimes, it's, sometimes it gives up its right to be right. I don't always have to be right. Come on, now I ain't asking to go around and be wrong either. Somebody says, well, why don't you agree with me? Well, if I agree with you, then we'd both be wrong. Okay, but inside, it's your heart to first see peace, to first see a solution to what's going on here. So I'm subjectively peaceable. I would rather see peace in the situation than to sit here and get in some fight or some competition to see who's right. Come on, somebody. Are you still with me? Sometimes it isn't worth it. Just bring peace into the situation. All right, so we can move forward at least. But it says they shall be sons of God. Does that mean the rest of them ain't sons? Well, this word, it's again, it's in the Greek. So you have to understand what he's talking about. The word sons is the Greek word weos, which means mature ones. Okay? So they'll be called the mature ones. The ones that always want to bicker and fight, they're not going to be called mature. The ones that want their, their first, foremost, everything in them, wants to first bring peace is a sign of maturity as far as the kingdom is concerned. Come on. And again, don't walk out here saying that you can't deal with things or can't put your foot down about something. Please do not. Pastor did not say that. I am saying first and foremost, everything in us ought to be to try to bring peace into a situation. 
because that's a sign of maturity. Still with me? All of this about empowerment. Verse 10. Blessed or empowered to prosper or succeed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs again, he brings up, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who are persecuted. The word persecution, probably the best way to define it, probably the best definition I've ever heard of that word, literally means people problems or people pressure, okay? Because persecution is coming from people, okay? So it's persons, amen, coming against you for whatever reason. But it says here, for righteousness' sake, amen, for things, for doing it right, amen, for, one translation say, for your commitment unto God, in other words, to do the God thing. So it's not talking about being persecuted for doing something stupid. Can I say that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Sometimes we're persecuted because we won't shut our mouth up. Sometimes we're being persecuted because we have a tendency uh, to, you know, yield to something we shouldn't be yielding to. So people get upset with you and they say things. How can we knock it off or stop it? Stop persecuting me. Well, you stop doing that. Come on, right? So, you know, sometimes we're being persecuted for something else. But he's talking about being persecuted for doing the right things. And it happens. Sometimes you choose to do the God thing, the right thing, and people just pressure you because, you know, for what you stand for and who you stand with. Come on now. But it says those, amen, who are persecuted for right, it says for theirs, saying the same thing we saw in an earlier verse, that the kingdom, all of the heaven's resources, the rule, reign, and realm of heaven's resources are all yours. If you're willing to just keep doing what's right. And even though you're being pressured, even though you're being persecuted, even though you're calling your names, come on, just do what's right. Keep doing it. Amen. And of course, the next verses of it says there's a reward for that. Amen. And if, even if you don't see a whole bunch of stuff happen right away, guess what? You at least have got a reward coming to you later. Praise ye the Lord. But there's an empowerment. I said there's an empowerment if you just keep doing the right thing. You position yourself, amen, to succeed. You position yourself, amen, to prosper in all things. Are you still with me? Hallelujah. For doing what's right. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Praise God. So just doing the right thing. Praise God. That's what you ought to just settle it. I'm going to do the right thing. Now, all of this today, uh, the idea of this, and the reason brought out the Beatitudes today is because really it's about, about these qualities or ingredients of blessedness. In other words, it's these things that should be working in an individual, a brother, a sister in the Lord, come on somebody, in order to walk in the empowerment that's made readily available unto you. Come on somebody. So these ought to be things that are working in you. All right? Now, you know as well as I do, not all these things are working in you. Not all them things are working in me. Come on somebody. Come on. 
Now, there might be facets of it. There might be parts of it. Amen. You might have a little bit of all of it. But the idea is, amen, if you want to see the empowerment that's readily available, and you want to have all these promises that are, amen, then you got to get it working in you. So, a spirit of empowerment ought to be in you and me. That ought to be, these things ought to be qualities that are driving you. Ought to be empowering you, leading you, guiding you. In other words, in your everyday life, this ought to be something that's working in you. Are you still with me? Now, uh, I'm going to shift gears just a little bit. Okay, because I feel like i got to bring this out and uh, before I let you go today. Um, there's a difference... Uh, between a spirit of empowerment versus a spirit of entitlement. Are you with me? So I just want to know, do you have an ear to hear the rest of it? Or do I need to let you go go have lunch? Because there's, there's, you know, there's a difference here. The word empowerment, when you just look it up, it means to give official or legal power unto or to give authority unto, okay? And when you've been empowered by God, that's exactly what He's given you. He's given you authority. He's given you, you know, dominion. Literally, even legal. Come on, get this. Even legal power. The truth, okay? When you start looking at all what He's talking about. Now... Entitlement, let me define it, means to give a right or claim to demand. Defined as distinguished by a title. In other words, I'm entitled to what's offered, regardless of how or what I do or don't do. The word entitlement back in 18... Now listen, please, hear it all out before you shut me down. In 1828, Webster defined entitlement. Okay, it's not how it's defined in nowadays. But in 200 years ago, nearly 200, it's about 100, and now that, I think that came out, what, 191 years ago. The word entitlement, okay, referred to a receiving of a title, but it meant to qualify. In other words, something that qualified them to give a claim by the possession of suitable qualifications. In other words, they were entitled because they were willing to walk it. Now, you look in new dictionaries, and here's how it's defined. Now it's defined as a right to guaranteed benefits under a government program. <laughs> Talking about welfare. Exactly, because welfare is referred to as an entitlement program. Now, I'm not against... You know, if you're, you're on welfare or something, we're not against. We're just saying that it, it's, it's a mentality that's behind some of this. And uh, so don't go out of here. We're not slamming. When welfare was established, it was established to try to help some folks out of situations in their life to get them over, past something, to get them back on. The problem is nowadays we've got a big percentage of our nation, of our populace, that are living off of it and thinking they're entitled to it. Because it's an entitlement program. I'm entitled to it. 
Well, okay. Um, all right. So I don't, uh, without, you know, getting on a soapbox and, and spewing my whatever, um, the bottom line is this. It's not just about a program, a government program. It's not just about welfare system. It's not just about even money. It's about a spirit that's loosed in our nation, about entitlement. I'm entitled to this regardless of what I do, what I say, or what I don't do. And the problem is it's in the church. Now, so let go of what I'm talking about, the welfare and all. Let's talk about the today's thoughts about entitlement, okay? Let me just throw it at you, okay? Do you have an ear to hear? Okay, all right. The spirit of empowerment. It's about wanting what's offered, but with the authority given, willing to walk with, resol- or, pardon, walk with resolve to see it through. Okay, now when I'm talking about resolve, like a resolve mentality would be like uh, positioning ourselves with determination and singleness of purpose. In other words, if that's offered to me, if that's a promise for me, then I'm willing to do what it takes to walk in that promise. Now, spirit of entitlement is a little different. Okay, it's more about, okay, give me what's mine regardless of suitable qualifications, virtues, or character, regardless of how it enables me or affects others. I want what's mine. Come on. The problem is with the spirit of entitlement, then you miss out on so much of it. You're sitting there fighting for what's yours and then miss it. Come on. Let me, let me explain, okay? Let me explain. Okay, it's like this, okay? I prayed, so give me my, my answer. I served, so give me my benefits. I tithe, here we go. I tithe, so give me my increase. Well, you are entitled to increase, entitled to answers, entitled to benefits. But when you come at it with a spirit of entitlement, you're not willing to make any adjustment, any change or nothing. Just give me what's mine. And the problem is you don't get any of it. Then you go around being mad at everybody because it don't work for you. So we have to change that. And this is the year to do it. Praise ye the Lord. It's just a better about growing and developing. Okay? Think about this, okay? I prayed, so give me my answer. Well, the word also talks about, um, you know, resistance. You have an enemy. So if you're going to go at it with a spirit of entitlement, you're just going to ignore the fact that you have an enemy warring against you right now. And the problem with the spirit of entitlement, you don't do anything about it. He just keeps taking from you. But a spirit of empowerment says, I have an enemy. 
and I need to resist my enemy. They stand their ground with a, with a power of um, empower, or probably the spirit of empowerment when, you know, they don't know what's really happening at the moment. They're willing to go to God and get an answer. A spirit of entitlement says, I prayed, give me what's mine. A spirit of empowerment, when the Spirit of God begins to talk to you about your mouth. See, I went into prayer and I prayed, but when I came out of the prayer time or my prayer room or whatever, I'm speaking now something contrary to what I just prayed. So a spirit of empowerment, when the Spirit of God begins to talk to you about it, you're willing to say, ooh, I need to change my words. Right? Remember all the things we, we just read there in the Beatitudes? So you're willing to say, all right. But a spirit of entitlement says, who cares what I say? I still want because I prayed. And in the meantime, you don't get anything. Because your own confession is killing your faith. Come on, somebody. Destroyed your time of prayer. Come on. How about doubt and unbelief? James makes it clear. If you're going to be doubt, have doubt and unbelief, roll in and just let it be rampant in your mind. Don't think you're going to receive anything. So entitlement says, oh, I don't care whether I'm in doubt and unbelief. Give me what's mine. In the meantime, it doesn't change anything. You're just boohooing like a little baby. I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? <laughs> Give me what's mine. No, wait, no. you got to make some adjustments here. You're allowing those thoughts to come in. You're letting them dictate now. You're being more moved by what you're seeing and what you're feeling and what you're hearing than you are by faith. So a spirit of empowerment says, well, I need to grow up out of this mess then. I can't let myself come under doubt and unbelief. I've got I've to resist that mess. Come on, somebody. Are you still with me? Spirit of entitlement when, you know, I've served. Hey, I've served. I'm entitled to some benefits. Well, everybody else around you is serving too. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't really give a rip about them. Well, that's obvious. <laughs> right? But entitlement, see, it's like it's the wrong things working in here. But a spirit of empowerment, then you roll up your sleeves, you get it, you help one another, you serve, you're merciful, you're, you know, you're, you're encouraging, come on somebody, you're compassionate, you're actually in this for the right reasons. And you grow up and you become mature, amen, you get used more, there's promotion, but the one over here whining, and then they wonder why they never get promoted and they never come out of something. There's a difference. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm addressing this, and hopefully I don't have to keep addressing every week. All right? Well, we'll just get her done today. But, you know, when you stop and you look at it, see, that, that spirit is all over our nation. And it's crept into the church. 
Well, I tithe. Well, praise the Lord. You should. Well, I'm not seeing any increase. Well, maybe you got the enemy warned against you right now, so don't be moved and don't be fearful and worry. Come on, somebody. Stand your ground. Amen. You know, say, not today, motor scooter. He's taken from me. Well, you got something to stand on. But see, if it's, if it's about entitlement, chances are if it's entitlement, you won't be tithing anyway. But anyway, if it's entitlement, uh, for the most part, you know, I gave once, and you suppose everything's supposed to work for you now because I gave once. Spirit of empowerment's about staying consistent, staying with it, let something be worked in you. Amen. You're growing up. You're maturing. You're stepping up. You're seeing an increase here, an increase there. Keep at it. Stay at it. Come on, somebody. Regardless of the resistance or, or the pressure that's against you, regardless of the persecution, regardless, uh, you know, of uh, the enemy doing one thing or this thing or whatever, you still stay with it, you stay at it, and you keep on going. Is anybody hearing me today? Yes. Amen. How about this? Have you ever had the Spirit of God deal with you about traditions or your opinion or your assumptions? I think of how many times that we, we go along and the Spirit of God says, i got to have something working in you because we got to get past how you see everything. Why do you get so worked up about that? Well, no, 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 no. Let's get this spirit of empowerment working on the inside of you. You're not getting so caught up every time a little thing happens. Let's, get, let's go a little higher here. Let's go a little deeper here. Come on, somebody. Let's let God begin to... Let's actually step into that blessing. Come on, somebody. That's for us. And these promises that are for us. Amen. And so when you stop and you really think about it and you break it down, a spirit of empowerment is about really being accountable for your, your character, being accountable for your actions. Come on, somebody. So when we're talking about a year of empowerment, now I didn't tell you all this so you all say, dang it, I'm going to go to another church for the year. <laughs> that would be entitlement. <laughs> Wrong spirit. Come on now. Listen, you know, um, you know there's, there's something about it when, when the promises of God are manifesting. When you're actually experiencing the blessing. Come on. There ain't nothing better. So, you know, when you, when you go at this thing with a spirit of empowerment, amen, you position yourself for it. And when that begins to happen, it's like, whoa, it's the way it's supposed to work. And so it's better to just, you know, I, I, I don't know if I bite the bullet and make the change. Saw a little few Westerns lately, so, I, you know. Okay, pilgrim. All right. Now, anyway, the point, that was horrible, wasn't it? But anyway, <laughs> I'll leave my John Wayne impression at home. But anyway, the bottom line is sometimes, you know what? It's just, you know what? I, I want to grow up. I want to get this thing working in my life. So, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to make the change. I'm going to let God do something with me. I'm going to let him lead me here. 
I'm going to trust him. You know, Rick used that today, right? Trust the Lord with all your heart, right? Lean not on your own understanding. Because my own understanding always just kind of brings me to this one point and then just kind of where I hang out. But trusting God with all your heart, leaning on your own, all of a sudden now he's able to direct your paths and your steps. And all of a sudden now you're walking in true empowerment and the blessing. And now all of a sudden you got the blessing over your household. And now things begin to work. And you're not straining at everything. Are you hearing me? And that's what we want working in our lives. And so it does take some adjustments. It does take a willingness to, uh, you know, to, uh, to be teachable, a willingness to just be merciful at times and peaceable. And all these are things that are just, it's worthy of just, hey, let's just, let's just do the God thing here. Amen? Regardless of how my feelings and my emotions are trying to get caught up in it. Come on now. I'm going to do the God thing and let God move and work on behalf of my life and my family and our church, and on and on it goes. Did you get something today? I threw that one, huh? Praise the Lord. I appreciate you giving me an ear to hear that today. And, and tomorrow you get to read, if you're going along with the same readings, tomorrow I think, isn't it Matthew 5 you're reading, right? Is that correct? Praise the Lord. So you can actually think, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of on top of it. Praise the Lord, huh? Hallelujah. God is good. You know, um, you, why don't you go ahead and stand up? I'm going to stand up. Um, one of the things I was kind of moving towards on uh, Matthew 5 there is that, remember, all of this, he's talking about having all this working in you, and then he goes on to say, you're the salt. You're the light. And they should be able to see all this working in you. And when they do, they begin to give God glory because of what they see working in you because you got all this working on the inside. And as a result, it positions you and sets you up, praise God, for true empowerment. Amen. And you want to talk about keeping the lights on. There it is, baby. Hallelujah. Everywhere you go. Amen. Because you've been empowered. And that's how God designed it. And now you think about everything you can do out of that. Everywhere you go, you bring change and the blessing and a difference and the light and seasoning. and All because you're willing to let these things work in you. Amen. Father, we give you praise and glory today. We're thankful for these principles. We're thankful, Lord, for these words today. Maybe even challenging, but we're thankful. So, Father, thank you for working these things in all of us. That we have a spirit of empowerment. Hallelujah. Forgive us for the times maybe we've operated out of that other mess. But we're trusting you. We're leaning on you. We're looking to you today. Hallelujah. This is going to be, by far, the greatest year we have ever experienced thus far. Going over, going up, hallelujah, deeper, further, hallelujah, greater. 
Hallelujah. And we're setting ourselves up for it right now. And we give you the praise and the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.